I'm Chris Ham, Chief Executive of the King's Fund. We think the productivity gap's around about £14 billion. That's based on a reanalysis of the figures that David Nicholson quoted a year or so ago. It allows for things like the pay freeze that's now been imposed on the public sector, including the NHS, and also assumptions about not going further to reduce waiting times for treatment because there'd be a high cost involved in that. So if you add all those different factors together, instead of the 15 to £20 billion that David Nicholson spoke about, we think £14 billion is at the upper end of the range of the likely productivity improvements the NHS will be expected to make over the next three years. There are many ways of delivering these savings. Some of them mean looking at management costs, back office functions, how NHS organisations can share payroll and HR costs. But we think the most promising place to look is variations in what doctors and nurses do in the NHS because there are huge differences in efficiency around things like prescribing of generic drugs in primary care or indeed the length of time patients spend in hospital. And if we could get all NHS organisations up to the standard of the top quartile of current performance, which is a challenge but not an impossible challenge, then we think a lot of money could be released. And also if we target areas of waste in the health service to provide safer care, higher quality care the first time round, again that means looking first and foremost at clinical decisions rather than support costs or back office functions. And taking all of those together, we think the NHS can get pretty close to this £14 billion. What's now needed is to move beyond the analysis of where the opportunities lie to actually implement some of the real possibilities we've identified in our new paper. And that requires fundamentally actions at all levels of the NHS. We would start within what we're calling clinical microsystems. These are the frontline teams of doctors and nurses and other professional staff who are delivering services to patients in primary care and in hospitals and engaging them because they know where they can make savings, become more efficient and to reduce waste in healthcare. But there's also a role for PCTs as commissioners, for NHS Foundation Trusts as providers, not forgetting, of course, what strategic health authorities can do over the next couple of years before they're abolished under the government's reforms. And nationally, the Department of Health needs to take forward some of the good work that's been done by NICE, by NHS Evidence, to bring together good practice to provide the information on which people in clinical microsystems, commissioners and providers can make the right decisions about the better use of healthcare resources. The biggest risk that we see are the plans the government's announced in its white paper and particularly the prospect of huge organisational change with the proposed abolition of both SHAs and PCTs, the introduction of a, a radical model of GP commissioning and we think that could be helpful to have GPs more involved in holding budgets. But we know from previous history in the NHS that whenever there's an organisational change on this scale, it will be destabilising, it will be distracting for many managers and senior leaders and time they could be spending looking at ways of improving productivity and reducing waste will inevitably be spent on other issues like changing the organisation and indeed worrying about their own personal futures as this structural change goes ahead. So we're really concerned that while good progress has been made in planning for the QUIP programme, identifying where the opportunities really lie, that it'll be difficult to implement the plans sufficiently well because of the effect of this organisational change.